0: Thank you for listening to the Faith-Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2021, is preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran-aflc.org. Merry Christmas again, and a special welcome to those who are visiting us today. Grace to and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the gospel lesson for Christmas Eve. The sermon text is taken from Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25. Can be found in your Bible on a page number that I did not list in the bulletin. And so reading in Jesus name Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. These are your words, and your word is truth. We pray that today you would sanctify us in the truth, that you convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that you would comfort and encourage us with the promises of your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The question today, and, and maybe for all of Christmas, that I want you to meditate on just a little bit. If it were up to you, how would you accomplish salvation? If everything was equal and neutral and and back to zero, what would you have done to save the world? How would you bring it about? How would you deliver it to the rest of humanity? So many people have an opinion about this without even really understanding that they have an opinion about this. And for most, whether in the church or outside of the church or whatever the case might be, it all boils down to how you think God handles it now. A vast majority of people would accomplish salvation for the world today by some sort of system of merit. If you're good enough, you're in. If you don't measure up, you're out. Simple as that. There are others who might handle salvation like a debt cancellation system, more like what the government is angling to do with all student loans right now. Borrowed $80,000 in cash, never mind. It's all good. Right? That's how some people conceive of salvation. No matter how you lived your life, at the end, God says, all right, you're in. For some people, be some combination of the above as a matter of tribalism, which in and of itself is just another matter of works right. Righteousness. If you're a member of the right group, The right group of snitches on the beaches, you get in. If you're the wrong type of snitch, you're out. Maybe others, I can envision, would set up a lottery system. You, You get a ticket, and if you get lucky, you're in. But there must be only a certain amount of real estate available in heaven, right? Who knows? The possibilities are endless from a human perspective. But there's only one possibility that wouldn't be chosen. That I can guarantee you, beyond a shadow of doubt, would not be established by a human. No one in history ever could, nor would they ever come up with the way God saves us. No one invents the type of story that God has put into Scripture for us to be saved. And that's what we're celebrating this Christmas season. We are celebrating God's unique and individual way of saving us. So as we zoom back in to Matthew's version of the Christmas story, what catches humanity off guard right away is that God's plan for salvation starts with bad news. I've often found myself trying to conceive of how the conversation between Joseph and Mary went when Joseph found out that she was pregnant. And this is the sort of thing that we might not dwell on very much because we don't get insight into those emotions. We don't get insight into that awkwardness. The Holy Spirit would have us move right along because, again, the conversation between Joseph and Mary isn't important for our salvation. But I think it does set us up quite nicely. Was Joseph angry? Did he, being a righteous and honorable man, clench his jaw and grind his teeth a little bit? Was he brokenhearted? Did he shed a tear? Was he confused? When you stop and think about it, neither Joseph nor Mary was in a good spot from the outside looking in when Mary's pregnancy was discovered. Joseph, we're told, was an honorable man, but now he had to find a way to deal with his betrothed wife's pregnancy, a pregnancy that wasn't his doing. But Mary, Mary stood to lose the most. Single mothers in the ancient Middle East weren't afforded much of an opportunity beyond anything but poverty. But at least Mary had the benefit of the angel's announcement to her. Joseph doesn't have that insight at all. The angel comes to Joseph after he discovers the pregnancy, after he learns about the bad news. And in this first verse of the Christmas story, we're left only briefly to consider what would come of all this. And what we see as God's salvation history, as the story of God's salvation marches forward, what we see next is that conventional wisdom does not apply. Joseph's response to Mary's pregnancy is better than we might have expected during this time period. Because again, he is an honorable and righteous man. Joseph resolved to divorce Mary quietly to not put her to public shame, to not make a spectacle of her seeming betrayal. This, in any other situation, would have been the right and appropriate thing for Joseph to do. If this is all we know about the situation, we might have nodded at Joseph and said, good job. But in doing the right thing here, Joseph would have done the wrong thing. He would have gone against what God was doing for us. And what we learn is that the best of human wisdom and the noblest of human intentions would have thwarted the plan of God. Again, from the outside looking in. It's not as if humans can actually thwart the plan of God, but that's what it would have looked like. But thank goodness for all of us that God was in control and remains in control. And so the salvation story marches on. And finally we see that God delivers his good news by a messenger. With God in control, God sends an angel to Joseph to get him sorted out. We find out that the baby in Mary's womb isn't just any old baby. He's God's baby, God's son. The baby in Mary's womb is, in fact, God's plan for salvation. We are told, as Joseph is told, that Jesus will save his people from their sins. But more than that, the baby in Mary's womb is, in fact, God himself. He is Emmanuel, God with us. This is what takes supernatural intervention from God to deliver the message, much less the miraculous birth and everything else. Because at this point, going forward, nothing makes sense to the human mind. No person in history would stop And think about their need for salvation in such a way that they could conceive of God putting on human flesh, being born in the most unfortunate of circumstances, in a manger, to pay the price for your sin and my sin and the sins of the entire world by hanging on a cross. No one invents that. No one comes up with that message. This is your salvation. And God delivers your salvation today in much the same way He delivered Jesus to the world 2,000 years ago. For you, the message of salvation starts with bad news. Now, in this case, the bad news isn't an unfortunate circumstance, so much so as it is the taint and the death sentence of your sin. That's the bad news salvation starts with. You are a sinner. You have disobeyed God. You have offended God. And you have rebelled against God. But that, in and of itself, isn't the only bad news. There's more. God is angry. God hates sin. He hates your sin. And God condemns your sin and punishes your sin with death. He tells us that over and over and over again in Scripture. And at this point, as you come to the reality of your sin, conventional wisdom does not apply. Your plan to deal with your sin seems like a good idea, but in fact, it's terrible. You can't earn your salvation. You can't pay God out of your debt. You can't save yourself. And in fact, the more you try, the deeper you fall into sin. God can't, nor would he, forget your sins. For God to do such a thing, for God to say that your sin doesn't matter, he would cease to be righteous, he would cease to be just, and he would cease to be perfect. But God continues with his salvation story. He moves forward with your salvation story. And God delivers good news for you through a messenger. At the precise moment when you realize your situation is helpless, when you discover your sin, when you are impacted by your failures, God at that point sends his spirit through a messenger to deliver the gospel to you. And he has done this throughout history. God makes a way for the gospel to be preached. God finds a way for salvation to be announced. The gospel comes and nothing can stop it because this is the will of God. And he is in control. Just as it was with Mary and Joseph, so it is with you today this Christmas Eve. Jesus shows up by the plan of God and Jesus saves you from your sins. It turns out that the completely baffling way God has determined to save you is in fact the exact thing you need. You need Jesus to have been born of a virgin. Jesus needs to be fully God, free from the taint of human sin, but also fully man, so that when he is nailed to a cross on Good Friday, he is the perfect substitute for you. When Jesus is nailed to the cross, he is nailed in the place that was intended for you. You also need Jesus to save you apart from your good works or any other good or well-intentioned schemes or designs that you might come up with for your salvation. And because of that, you need someone to tell you about it over and over and over again. Because the way you would save yourself is entirely contrary to the way God would save you, to the way God does save you, to the way God has saved you. And so this Christmas, as it is with every Christmas, we celebrate. We celebrate the Savior who was born, and the Savior who came, the Savior who died for us and rose again. We celebrate together with Christians for all time and in all places, the Savior who saved us in God's way. That's the best news of all. Merry Christmas. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.